Welcome to the Better Business, Better Life podcast. Terry DuPont is the founder of DuPont Advisory Group, a group dedicated to providing comprehensive services to successful business owners, medical, and other professionals. Terry has top-of-the-table status in the prestigious International Million Dollar Roundtable, placing him among the top one-tenth of 1% of all professional financial advisors in the world. Terry's philosophy is, I've learned that I grow and prosper more by focusing on the success of others rather than fretting over my own. Terry is a certified financial professional with the Institute of Financial Wellness, an advisor for the power of zero taxes in retirement, chartered retirement plans specialist, certified wealth preservation planner, and certified philanthropic developer. On the podcast, Terry brings together experts in their field who have succeeded in building their business to share their secrets with you. And now, here's your host, Terry DuPont. Welcome, everyone, to uh, this week's podcast of Better Business, Better Life, Building on Your Success. And I'm your host, Terry DuPont. Uh, today, we're honored and privileged to have Aaron Kaplan with us. Uh, Aaron is a partner with Taft Law in Cincinnati, and Aaron uh, is uh, specializes in estate planning uh, and everything that uh, goes with it. So, uh, Aaron, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Uh, and Thanks uh, for having me on, Terry. Yeah, I mean, we should have some fun here this morning. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Aaron, and why you started your career? Yeah, well, well, yeah. Thanks again for for having me on today. It's a, it's a privilege to be here. I I did know I wanted to be a lawyer, just kind of growing up and and all of that. My dad was a lawyer. He had a you know fantastic law career. Retired now, happily retired. And um, what I didn't know was what area of law I wanted to be involved in. Um, didn't really have a a strong, uh, strong commitments uh, to either litigation or anything transactional. Um, when, and when I went to to law school, um, I sort of figured the one thing I was most drawn to was the idea of practicing law in my hometown. I'm from Cincinnati. I wanted to wanted to practice in Cincinnati and and serve clients in that area. And so when I got a um, summer clerkship with Taft, where I, I eventually did stay and become a partner, um, I came into it not 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 really being focused on the area and being really open to a lot of options, which I think served me well. I, I, I remember the the firm had a kind of a questionnaire that they would have people fill out and, and ask a bunch of 22, 23 year olds what they wanted to what they wanted to focus on for the rest of their life. And and I thought I would be pretty broad in that. I selected a lot of different uh possibilities. And what happened was the uh, the estate planning group, we call it private client attack, uh, the, the private client attorneys, um, they got very excited that one of the young folks was interested in their group, right? And so um, I, I got to meet them and really found them to be wonderful people. Um, and that was an area, estate planning is a great area where a um, a clerk or a young attorney who's not already an expert in the area can be invited into client meetings and, and other types of kind of uh, in-person opportunities so to get a sense of the area. And so I, I did that a few different times. And what I really noticed was, first of all, the people that 
you know, that that we're doing this this type of work at Taft were phenomenal, just just great human beings. Um, and also the client, the clients seemed pleasant. They seemed very happy to be talking to their lawyers. You know, I I, I love our divorce lawyers, but the, those clients don't really want to be talking to their lawyer. Um, the but our, our private client lawyers, they seemed happy. They seemed like they really enjoyed their clients. And it and I noticed that in that area right away, um, the younger lawyers were they were one on one with clients. They were building their relationships that would turn into to longer term, you know, client relationships. You know, ultimately they were kind of building their own businesses. You know, where a lot of a lot of the other first and second year lawyers at the firm, you know, they might they were doing great stuff. You know, and and we need all of those departments, but but a lot of times they were the third, fourth, fifth lawyers on a case, and. You know, even though that's great experience, and I did get to do some of that, fortunately, and it's it's useful. Um, I love the idea of the one-on-one -on -one being the primary, um, and they're, they're really doing a ton of client contact off the bat. So, so I got um, I got interested in the area from that that summer experience. I came back to a second summer with Taft that was a little bit more focused. You know the um, you know the uh, the uh, the first summer I did everything, and that was fun too. And uh, and I was able to start as an associate in in estate planning and private client where um, fortunately there was an opening at the time and it just it worked out. You know, had great mentors and was able to just kind of start building the business from that that start that starting point. Okay, great, great. Um, what was your biggest challenge getting started? Say the the biggest challenge was um, taking those things that I was really excited about and the and uh, the the things I really want, kind of wanted to get out of my my uh, my law practice and applying that to the big firm environment. You know, I, I loved I loved the practice area from the jump. I still do. Um, but not all, you know, Taft is a big firm. It was a it was a big firm in Cincinnati when I started. It's now a big firm, you know, nationwide. You know, we're in the the AMLAW 100, you know, biggest law firms and all of that, uh, which which wasn't true when I started. And um, a lot of the firms of our size don't even have an estate planning group. Um, they just they think of that as kind of an area that's more suited to, you know, smaller firms and boutiques and and all of that. And and I think the re one main reason for that is, um, you know, big firms have have really big billable hour goals. You know, the the economics, you know, kind of kind of tilt that way. It's it's uh, bet the company litigation. It's Fortune 500 company work. You know that sort of thing, and it can be hard to kind of stand out in that area. Um, you know, with those types of peers, you know, in an, in an outstanding firm when doing private client work. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm doing wills and trusts and, and powers of attorney and things like that for, for people in Cincinnati, Ohio. So, you know, I think just kind of making making my practice area and, and the business that I was kind of building personally work as part of a large law firm was what I'd say be the biggest one. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, how did you become uh, such a specialist or expert uh, in the estate uh, planning um, uh, realm? 
I think it's a I think it's a lifelong process. It's um, you know, there's there's some some real luminaries in the field and you know, the 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 good estate planning lawyers always want to hear those people speak and you know, see what they're um, you know, they're they're arguing and proposing and and all of that. Uh, but I think in terms of becoming an expert and you know, kind of reaching the level you need to um to be successful in this area, it's about learning from the best. Um, you know, I had wonderful mentors, you know, still do, but, but, you know, wonderful mentors at the firm, um, you know, people who really brought me under their wing and, uh, and with different styles, um, you know, I had, uh, you know, one, um, it really kind of two main, you know, main mentors, one who had a litigation background and, you know, was able to kind of keep me focused on, you know, the, the not 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 that we were so aggressive in our tax positions i really don't think we are but uh but keep me you know keep me focused on that kind of sharp you know this is a big firm you know we need to be you know we need to be on it you know all the time um you know kind of building that that aspect and and the substantive knowledge i needed in the in the practice area and i had another mentor who i thought was you know just a you know somebody who was I would think of as, you know, a gentleman, you know, a, you know, a, a, the best of what a country lawyer could be, even though he was in the city, right? Um, the, just somebody who, you know, his family had been lawyers for a long time that, you know, the, the, the amount of gentility, the, uh, the ability to have the, you know, the, the longstanding relationships with clients that they, they really just loved and valued him. And, you know, I was able to kind of learn from both of those perspectives, as well as some others um, in the firm. It's a estate planning is a great area to, to, for cross selling, right? So there's, you know, I, I got to, you know, meet and work with a lot of other, um, you know, other, other uh, partners in other areas and, uh, you know, kind of learn from their approaches as well. So, um, you know, that, that type of, um, uh, that type of mentorship, I think really, um, uh, really was instrumental in, hel in helping me find my way. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've, uh, I did some reading, um, before we, uh, uh, got on and I noticed that you're extremely involved uh, in various committees and organizations. And so my question is, how has your engagement with the um, Cincinnati Bar Association's um, estate planning and probate committee shaped your approach uh, to a client service in estate planning? I think, it, yeah, it's it's been important. I think uh, uh, dealing with, uh, working with other, other lawyers in the field um, in that, you know, that context, I think, is a, you know, really good way to, um, you know, build, you know, build relationships, build expertise, you know, you know, all of that, um, you know, was able to be the the president of the, or the, the chair of, of the, um, the, the section for the Cincinnati Bar Association um, for a couple of years. Um, that, that was really a, a, really a good, really a good way to, to build, um, build skills, to build, um, Kind of the kind of the ability to fo to focus on what other lawyers in the area were thinking about and uh, you know and worried about. Um, we put on a lot of 
seminars and and uh, and things like that and and when you do that it's it's not just event planning it's what do people want to go to what do people find interesting and important and um you know and how do we how do we make that work and how do we make it timely and and all of that um always always found it interesting to to have the people who who work professionally for the bar association you know come to me on a you know a, a practice area issue as well so um so that's I, I I do think it's it's useful. I, the other thing I think with organizations is you know when you start out if you're in a big firm or if you've got a good network, there's people who will push you in certain areas. You know we need somebody to replace somebody else on a board or or something along those lines. And I you know I was always happy to do that. I think people should be happy to do that. But but as you get you know as you get a little bit farther along, it's it's good to be focused a little bit more on what do you want to do. You know what what feels like it has an impact. Uh, you know, for what, what what do you feel like has an impact for you personally and and professionally? Is it is this something you're doing to build business? Is this something you're doing because it feels like you're giving back? Mm -hmm. um, so that's uh, I think that's that that kind of pivot point is something to you know something to to keep an eye on also. Okay. okay. Uh, as a member of the uh, uh, planning committee for the Cincinnati Bar Association's uh, annual advanced state planning seminar. Uh, what key insights or trends have you observed in the field recently that uh, uh, are uh, impacting how you advise your clients? Yeah, so it's um, it's it's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, I think um, you know I came into the field in in 2010. That was my first year as a full time lawyer, um, and in 2010 was the year that there was there was no estate tax. Right there was there was one year when when it was repealed, which people thought would never happen. Um, you know, there there were very lucky people who died in that year, like George Steinbrenner. Um, there was. Um, there was yeah, all kinds plan that any better. He could not have planned that any better. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, I, even though I'm from Cincinnati, you know, my, my mom's from Boston. We have family in Boston. I grew up rooting for the Red Sox. So I hated Steinbrenner. I felt like it was, it was so unfair when, when he got, he got lucky and died in 2010. Um, but the, um, you know, the, the state tax has gone up and down, um, or, or is threatened to go down. You know, it's never actually the the threshold from exemption from estate tax has never actually gone down. But but there's always been threats that it will. Um, it's changed so many times. You know, 2010 there was that 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 one really strange year. Um, you know, the Bush tax cuts were extended. There was you know there was another you know there, there was another raise in in the exemption amount from estate taxes. You know, over time the um, you know the the threshold you know has grown so that you know the the people who who were doing this work in the 90s were telling people well the estate tax will hit at $600,000 and so you know that's going to hit your life insurance it's going to hit your retirement it's going to hit your house you know all of that you know now we're up to an exemption of over 13 million dollars they've um there's a portability um yeah, yeah, right. Per person, thirteen million per person, and and uh, it used to be that married couples couldn't take it with them, right? You know, you know, one one uh, one spouse passes away and didn't have much of an estate of their own. You know, they lose that exemption. Um, and now they're, you know, it's it's there's this portability concept in the in the tax law where you can, 
file a, a, an estate tax return for the uh, first deceased spouse's estate and, and add extra unused exemption of the surviving spouse's estate. And basically that allows doubling that 13 million to 26 for a married couple, right? And so at the same time, now we've got a threat that the exemptions are going to go down at the end of 2025, you know, that the the estate tax law was tied to the um, Trump tax uh, bill of 2017. And so there's a, a sunset on that with Senate rules. And so um, there, I, I think the, you know, if you take it back to, you know, seminar planning and things like that, people have always been very focused on what's going to happen next in the estate tax world. You know, it, are we going to continue to see high th uh, thresholds for for exemption? Are we going to see see them cut it? If they cut it, is there going to be, so, you know, a clawback of old gifts that were made under valid tax law at the time? Is there going to be, you know, what it, it the estate tax and the gift tax have not always been unified, right? You know, there used to be differences in that. They're they're unified now. Will that stay, you know, together forever? Who knows? Um, you know, my firm's got a, a Washington, D.C. office now, which we didn't used to have. And so we've got, you know, people on the on the ground there, you know, listening, trying to figure out what's going on. Of course, there's a lot of politics involved. Um, but I feel like it's the um, what people want to hear about is uh, what changes in the law have been made recently and what's what's what changes are coming down the pike. They're not as not as as focused on, you know, what's um, on uh, what what happened years ago. Yeah. In, in, in my business, um, we have a virtual family office where we uh, we work in areas of uh, tax reduction planning, risk mitigation, uh, you know, uh, financial management, uh, estate planning and business consulting. And so what you just brought up, I have a keen interest in. And so mm -hmm. I'd like to get your opinion, if I could, uh, your gut feeling, uh, if nothing else, uh, about what you think is going to happen. Because, you know, we've got the sunset uh, provision and the Trump tax bill, which if nothing is done to that, all they have to do is nothing and taxes go up and, and the exclusion comes down. OK. Um, and with all of the national debt that's out of control and the fact that, uh, you know, come 2030, uh, we will only be able to pay. Uh, the national or the interest on our national debt with all of our revenues. What is your gut feeling that's going to happen to estate taxes? It's a great question. It's um, the if you look at the fiscal situation of the country, and you know, I'm try, not trying to be political here, but the you know the fiscal fiscal situation seems nothing short of unsustainable. I mean the the we were on an unsustainable track in terms of, of projected spending with medicare and social security and and uh, and and everything else for 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 many years um now interest rates are a lot higher and when interest rates are a lot higher that means the federal government is paying out uh, way more interest on its debt right i mean the the the, the treasury did not uh, take advantage of an opportunity with with very low interest rates for a very long time to to sell lots of thirty year bonds or even longer than that and you know kind of convert all that all that long term debt that the u s has always had to you know a low low fixed rate what they're doing now is they're rolling over old you know zero to two percent you know bonds and notes and all of that and they're reissuing them at a bit five percent up and you know it's just um 
And that, that means federal interest expense is just going out of control. Um, and even though the the a lot of the economic numbers look good, you know, if you look at the, the you know, GDP statistics and unemployment and all of that, um, tax receipts are actually really, really trailing expectations right now. And so the the gap really seems to be growing. It also seems to be the case that that while in the past um, Republicans talked a heck of a lot about reducing spending, that doesn't seem to be the focus of the Republican Party these days and the democratic party used to have some people who were would consider themselves kind of you know fiscally conservative wow. um even if if not so on the social end of things and, and i don't think that's you know necessarily the case either so again i'm not trying to make it a political thing but uh, but it seems like the the spending track is is really really unsustainable and and going after additional tax revenue in estate tax and and you know related areas um that seems one like like one of the few you know politically possible ways to to get revenue so if you take that uh, you know as kind of a background and combine it with um you know, the fact that if Congress does nothing, taxes will go up um, and you add the polarization and the fact that it's hard to agree on on everything. We have, you know, government, you know, government shutdown possibilities all the time. Um, it seems and they're pretty like good the, at doing nothing. They're, they seem great at doing nothing. Right. It seems like every Congress is, you know, the most do nothing Congress since, you know, 1940 something. And um so, you know, you put all that together, it just seems like the odds are that, you know, the, the estate tax is going to go up and, you know, or, or really the exemption would go down because that's what would happen if, if, you know, if nothing, if, if nothing is, is settled at the same time, you know, the 2024 elections are coming and, you know, who, who knows that, you know, either side could have, have full control of the white house and both, both uh, houses of Congress. So, so we really don't know, but, but when we, when you don't know that creates a planning opportunity. So, so that's what we're, we're talking to our clients about. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, what is something that you know now that you wish you knew when you started? You know, I'd say in terms of something I, I wish I know now, it's um, the I, I, I used to think uh, I used to think that there was a real real difference between being a professional and being in business, um, you know, and there's that doctors and lawyers and, you know, certain other professionals, you know, they 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 don't think necessarily in the same business terms. I mean, I was young and naive, but but I also think that the economics have changed in all of these industries. You know, if you, you know, the healthcare consolidation, right? You know, doctors, you know, doctors practices used to be independent. Our firm used to represent a ton of them. We still got a few. Now a lot of them are working for the big hospitals, right? You know, law firms, there's been so much consolidation. Uh, Taft has always been on the the acquiring end or the merger of equals end of, you know, of a combination, which I think is great. But, you know, it's been very successful. But but the feel is different, right? And it's not my firm. It's the, you know, it's the industry as a whole. You know, it did used to be lawyers would stick with one firm for their, their whole career. It's what I knew growing up as the son of a lawyer. Um, it's what I just expected out of, you know, out of that and out of inertia but um 
and I, you know, I have stuck around, I, you know, but, but I, but, but it's, you know, you can't, you can't fail to notice how many lawyers move, right? So, um, you know, but, but nobody wants a lawyer is moving around who doesn't have the economic numbers for their own personal practice to support it, right? And, and firms don't want to, you know, keep somebody around, you know, who's in that situation. So, um, you know, I, I didn't realize, I, I didn't realize that the, the, the economics of, um, of being in a law firm, of you know, building your own business, you know, sort of with other lawyers as part of a law firm. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that it, that it was what it was, right? And uh, they don't teach you that in law school. There is no, uh, there's no class on the the economics of being an attorney. At least there wasn't at Georgetown. So. Um, Maybe it's maybe it's some of the smaller or more local schools that do a better job of that because some of their graduates come out with a much keener understanding of how to build a business than 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 did a lot of the people who I came out with who went to big firms. Okay, good, good. Um, what is something that you share or would like to share with each and every client that you have uh, from a, an advice standpoint, uh, you know, a tip or or whatever? It's a good question. I, you know, when I meet a new client, um, what I'm what I'm always focused on, first of all, is building the rapport. Uh, the it's an interesting situation with an estate planning client. You know, we're it's it's an allied industry to, to yours. You know, we we work with some of the same types of clients. Um, you know, but there's but but it's it's always it's always interesting that first meeting because you know when you haven't when you haven't talked to these clients before, you know, you don't know them. You go very quickly from hello to what are the family secrets, right? And that's that's not something that people typically get to when they, you know, when they first meet, when they first meet somebody. And so, you know, I don't I don't walk into a first meeting going, I need to scare these people about the estate tax, or, you know, I, I need to impress, you know, impress the urgency upon them or or, you know, or whatever. I could probably do a better job of, you know, some of these things. But 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 my you know my approach has always been you start with the rapport, um, you know you start with with building the basics for a working relationship where they're going to trust the advice that I give them, um, and they're going to value that, um, and and then and, and I need at the same time to get to know these clients and what makes them tick, right? I mean different you know the same exact estate planning situation, you know, in terms of, you know, assets and, and liabilities and, you know, who's in the family and all of that um, can look very different to different people because of their different values and, you know, different, you know, different approaches um, to what they, you know, what they want to do and what, what seems fair to them. Um, so I really got to get to know the clients and, and what, you know, what their values are. Um, I feel like that's a good way to build a foundation for a useful um, long-term client relationship. I think if I focus too much on being the, you know, I'm the gatekeeper to this set of legal documents that you need, I think the natural response to that is, well, I can get those online, right? Um, you know, it's very easy to find, you know, forms that will work that have the rights, uh, they're, they're the right formalities for a will in Ohio, right, for example. 
So, you know, so I've got to be better than that. I've got to be, I've got to be able to provide advice that they, they can't replicate by asking Google. So, um, so that, that's really what I like to, to focus that beginning relationship on, you know, if it goes um, longer term, which I, you know, one of the great things about you know, moving from that young to, you know, closer to mid-career um, is, you know, being able to see the same clients come back in 10 years later, right? Mm -hmm. And, and the, you know, and be, be different people dealing with different circumstances. And I want to have built that foundation with them. Um, hopefully, they're, you know, they've got some interesting stuff to go on, you know, going on, and I can help them with, you know, with their legal issues. But, uh, but I don't want to be known as the guy who, um you know, just you know, open open the the key to the lockbox and brought out the files, right? You know, I want to be the the guy that that's relied on for um, you know for the everything everything that's going on in their lives and you know and and uh, and everything that, that that comes up. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, from Dynasty Trust to uh, business succession planning, it seems like you cover a wide array of estate planning needs. Um, how do you approach tailoring your expertise to suit the individual needs of uh, such a diverse clientele uh, from families to small businesses? Another great question. I think, um, you know, every, every client is different. Um, the, it's actually one of the things I love most about the practice area that, you know, I've had clients from literally ages 18 to 99. Right. And so, and they're, and, uh, and I've got, you know, it, Intrig they've they've all been interesting right i mean the the 18 i've had a lot of 18 year olds because a lot of times parents will um will will send their when they're going to send their kids off to college they'll want to to get things like a healthcare power of attorney done so that you know they could get get um access to the the adult child's medical records at you know at college and things like that if necessary and and be able to to step in and help them if you know if necessary maybe a financial power of attorney to do Things like home banking, you know, a CD rolls over and somebody needs to go down to the bank while, um, you know, while the while the kids at college. We do recommend that people do that. So we got so we get eighteen year olds, you know, for that. You know, one of the first meetings I had was as a summer associate was, um, and I was not the active, you know, participant there. I was observing, but um, you know, and it, parents brought their eighteen year old uh, in to, um, you know, to sign these documents, and the meeting took forever because he kept asking, "Well, what is a living will? Well, what does that mean? Well, what could happen? Well, what if I don't trust the doctor? You know, all, all kinds of things. It's fascinating." A 99-year-old client, literally 99, you know, meeting meeting him at the the retirement home, um, and he, you know, he's telling me about all the the things he wants to give away. And this guy was perfect, you know, perfect uh, mental acuity, and you know, no no doubts about that. But he wanted to physically show me, you know, here's this watch I want to give away, right? Except one of the things he wanted to give away was a pistol, right? And so he's walking over with shaking hands, showing me this pistol, shaking it at me, right? And uh, <laughs> You know, I'm like, I'm not sure this is allowed in this building, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right, exactly, right. It was it was pretty crazy, but um, you know, but every you know every client is just you know every client is just so different, and so you know when when you get back to um, the you know the, the well the, well here's a di you know here's a dynasty trust situation, here's a business succession planning type of situation, um, you know the 
somebody who needs a, a dynasty trust, that's going to be a lot of times the, you know, the older generation, you know, grandparents, they're dealing with multiple generations of a family. They're looking to to deal with um, long-term asset protection, right? They're thinking, you know, how do I, um, you know, make sure that, um, that what I've built up is, is available not only to my children, but also my grandchildren. And how do we do that tax efficiently and maybe putting that on to a great grandchild generation and, you know, and then how money's, how's the money going to be used, you know, education, healthcare, all these, all these things. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot to go through. Um, I love dealing with these business succession planning clients because the, you know, one of the one of the great things I I got to do, um, again, the you know this you know mentor you know mentorship and and all of that, um, you know the 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 woman who was who was running this department until um, retiring recently, um, you know, and I learned you know learned a ton from her. Um, she would um, she would intentionally take me along to meetings and, you know, pair me up with her on a matter where she would work with the senior, um, generation of the family business. And I would work with the junior generation of the family business. So I was working with, you know, with, with people, my own, you know, people, my own age. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was, I, I was doing that when I was 26, right. But the 26 year old I was talking to was going to inherit, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, industrial operation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not, you know, he was, he was not a, a typical 26 year old. And so, you know, now I'm talking to these same people 10, 12 years later, right? And they're, you know, they're mature and, you know, and I've, and they're, they're married with kids of their own now. And they, a lot of times they are running the business themselves and, and all of that. Um, and so I was able to kind of, you know, get a good sense of what's, it looks like from the younger generation point of view, and now I'm doing it for the older generation too, right? I'm the primary on that. So, you know, the 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 experience of being able to, um, you know, being able to to go back and draw on some of those experiences, um, you know, really, you know, really helpful. Okay, now, I, I know you're helping a, a clients with. Um with a range of needs from basic wills to uh, complex estate planning, how do you uh, adopt your approach to suit the varying uh, complexities of your client's situations while ensuring clarity and understanding throughout the entire process? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. It's, um, you know, and, and I, it's one, that's another um, area where I feel like it's really useful to have a department like, like this in a big law firm, because, you know, we can scale up and scale down, um, you know, based on, on client needs. And we've got, you know, complicated, you know, multi-generational, you know, business, um, you know, business succession planning, estate, you know, estate planning, tax planning, all that. We can bring in everybody we need, Um it's it's amazing to have access to you know the kind of you know kind of professionals that that we have the kind of expertise that we have across different practice areas you know I can get a you know very quick answer on a real estate question or a you know a, 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 ta a tax question or whatever may come up, um, but at the same time I really do not want to ever lose sight of um, just the ability and my my desire to help you know regular people um you know just dealing with their the you know the kinds of assets they accumulate in a in a typical life right and and helping them with 
the decisions for how to pass those on and how to protect themselves in case of incapacity later in life and things like that. I feel like that's just a necessary and useful thing to do as a you know, as a lawyer, I feel good doing it, you know, and I want to do that myself. And, and uh, you know, and if if we need to, to, you know, in order to make the economics work, you know, for, for that, you know, that type of client, you know, bring in somebody else to do, you know, do drafting for me or, you know, or, you know, do, do any kind of um, automation, you know, there's all kinds of great, great uh, document assembly, you know, document production type systems now. Um, you know, we we, we want to make use of those types of tools in order to be able to serve this wide, wide range of clients, right? I, I think um, I've always thought just from a business, you know, both from a business planning point of view, um, and from, you know, just kind of personal desire, I do want, want to help you know, help regular people. Um, I don't want to be thought of as somebody who's too expensive unless you've got $25, $30 million, right? Or you don't need him unless you've got that kind of money. Because first of all, I'm practicing in Cincinnati, <laughs> right? I'm not in Silicon Valley. I'm not in Miami, you know, New York, whatever. Um, but also most of those people already have attorneys, right? right. I, I think, uh, you know, I I love the ability to work on uh, matters for, you know, the high end, you know, all, you know, ultra high net worth client that, that, that Taft has. I mean, it's, it's great. I wouldn't have gotten to work on those types of matters as early as I did if I wasn't at a, at a firm like Taft and, you know, been able, wouldn't have been able to build expertise in those types of matters, you know, out, outside of a firm like Taft. But, um, you know, but I, I don't, um, but, I, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be in a situation where if I lose one or two clients, then my business goes, goes south. Gotcha. Right. I, I don't want them making up to, you know, too high a percentage of what I do anyway. So, um, so it's it's always it's always a balance, but 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 I I like it and I like and and I feel like it adds variety to the day and and helps things from getting getting too boring to 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 constantly be cycling back and forth through different you know different families different needs different circumstances. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Aaron, what's what's a mistake that many people make uh, in your mind that's hard to undo as it relates to uh, you know, estate planning, uh, asset planning, et cetera. There's a lot, right? There's a lot of mistakes out there. I think, um, I, and our, our fiduciary litigation group, which, which does, you know, will contests and things like that is, is always busy from, from all kinds of, all kinds of mistakes. And when, why, what I always hope is they stay busy and that none of the mistakes are from our own work. Right. But, um, but I, I feel like the, the one thing that jumps out at me most is the, um, is, is starting planning too late. Um, there's, uh, there are a lot of people out there um, who for one reason or another uh, just kind of never get around to estate planning. And then, um, and then they, they, when they call us, either there's already an issue with um, capacity to sign documents, um, which, which is a, which is a problem. You know, it, it, it's um, either, Either we're not going to be able to, you know, to help without some kind of guardianship or, or something like that, or or we will, but it's going to be more expensive, you know, and, and uh, you know, more of an arduous process in order to confirm that we can help in that situation. Um, 
you know, there's there's that type of of delay. There's the you know the business owner's uh, sense that that he or she is immortal, um, and and will never ever uh, need to make use of estate planning documents, right? Um, you know, there's there's that issue, and then I think there's also the a, a misconception out there that estate planning is for the rich, right? And uh, trusts are for the or for the ultra wealthy and things like that. It's it's only people who belong on shows like Succession and things like that who have to worry about this stuff, and it's not true, right? I mean, there's um, there's people. You know, there's people all over the place who they don't think of themselves as needing really much of anything in terms of of estate planning. Um, but if something happened to them unexpectedly, you know, who would have custody of the children? Who would, uh, you know, do, what would happen to money that goes to kids, but the kids are seven years old and five years old, right? And they can't handle them handle it themselves. You know, what about um, dropping a bunch of money on an 18-year-old who is legally able in most states to, you know, to contract and, you know, otherwise handle that that money, but it may not be a good idea for it to be unrestricted at that age, right? There's there's all kinds of things that happen. And so sometimes the, the cases that our firm gets are, you know, the are the result of a, a tragedy. And you can't necessarily predict a tragedy, but you can have planned and have, you know, have estate documents in the vault, right? That's that would at least take care of the family if something, you know, something tragic happens. So um so it, a lot of times it's it's the absence of planning or the or or too long a delay in planning that I think is the big the big problem. Okay. Uh, makes sense. Um, how do you, how do you define success, Aaron? That's a, a, a fantastic question. It's um, I I think um, one. I, I think of it in a couple of different ways. I, I I feel successful having been elected as a partner in TAF back in you know back in twenty eighteen. Uh, you know that 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 was. That that felt like a real achievement, um, you know, to you know to do you know to rise through the ranks at a, a firm like that. That's you know that's getting into the top hundred and you know continue to to practice there and and uh, you know build build business there and and all of that. Um, you know that's that's a measure of success. Obviously, the you know the economic component of that. Um, but I think an, an, another big part of success is the ability to balance a, um, a a productive professional life with a rewarding personal life, um, and that that's I, I've always felt that way. I mean, my you know you know my my dad was a lawyer in the the far the days well before work from home and and a lot of, and a lot of talk about work life balance, right? But I saw a lot of them and. And uh, and I, I knew I wanted to do the same with with my kids. Um, I'm, I'm a father of four, um, and with um, with everything that's happened, um, you know, since my kids were born, you know, I, I I was able to to spend more time at home with them than you know than than I thought I, I would. Right? I mean, COVID is part of that, but but also, um, you know, Taft has a, a kind of an industry leading um, four month. Um, uh, paternity leave um, policy, right? It, 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 you know, m mothers and fathers. Uh, we had triplets, you know, in in uh, 2019. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, I I was able to be home with with along with my wife with them for 16 full weeks. I mean, how amazing was that? And that was before COVID. Um, and you know, and and so, you know, I, I I've always built my 
my career with that with that in mind you know the the just wanting to be able to spend time you know with my wife with my kids and um and and i and fortunately and not not everybody has this but i did have some support at work uh, you know i i've mentioned you know mentioned you know one of my mentors at at, at taffer named susan wheatley she's retired recently retired now um she she told me when i was first starting might even been when i was a summer associate that I needed to stand up to people, including her, if necessary, and set boundaries, because if I didn't set boundaries for myself, no one would do it for me. Right. And so I, I did things right, you know, early on, even before, you know, before kids, you know, before I had kids, like decide that I would always take the Jewish high holidays off. Right. I mean, I I didn't go to school, you know, on Rosh Hashanah, on, on Yom Kippur, you know, as 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 a kid, as a as a young, you know, as, as a, a law student, I didn't, you know, didn't go. I took those days off from work. But if, but if I thought at twenty five or twenty six, I can't do that because you know people won't, uh, you know, won't be comfortable with it, and you know, I'll get in trouble or whatever. I probably never would have started, right? But you know, I set that for myself. I did it. It was fine, right? So. Okay. Um, so anyway, I think, uh, sometimes, um, sometimes just, uh, thinking about different, different definitions of success, you know, really fruitful. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Um, you know, with, with the success that you've had, uh, since 2010, um, what, what do you say is your biggest challenge now? I think it's just how uncertain the, the, the legal world works, just like uh, the legal world looks you know, going into the future. And I, and I don't even think it's, it's necessarily specific to our industry. I think it's, you know, it's all, it's, it's, it's all over the place. You just look at AI, you look at, you know, just how, how much people are able to, to get done on their own, you know, just, just across industries, you've got people, you know, it, 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 uh, it used to be, um, you know, people would, would, would call their doctor with questions. Now they're calling their lawyer, their, their doctor to tell them what drugs they want to take. Right. And, exactly. and, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, I've always, you know, I've I've never agreed, you know, I've never agreed with this, but you know, I've always had to, when I when I talk to people about financial advisors, I've always had them tell me, well, why do I need one? Because can't I just buy the S and P five hundred? And I can tell it, and I and I say, well, you know, let me recommend some people who can answer that for you because you don't just want my answer, right? You want, you know, but. Um, but you know you can buy life insurance online. You can buy, you know, you can do, you can do so much. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of predictions out there about you know what the, the you know what the future is going to look like, and so um, you know I think it's about being nimble. You know, everybody's staying on top of their games, and and I do think um, you know being being focused on the value of close relationships and valuable advice, you know, personal, you know, personal advice that that is highly customized and not something you can get, you know, not something you can get anywhere and necessarily quantify. But, you know, I'm, uh, you know, lawyers are, um, again, this is not about politics, but, you know, pretty conservative oftentimes in their, their outlooks and temperaments. And, um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm uh, not someone who uh, goes in search of change, right? It it, it comes to everyone, um, but it is um, it it is the great unknown. So I, you know, we can all just you know try to try to prepare. Okay. Well, we're going to kind of wind this down now, um, Aaron. Um, and uh, obviously, at the bottom of the screen, you've got your contact information, et cetera. Um, where can our audience go to learn more about you? 
Yeah, so um, it, uh, taplaw.com. Um, we have, uh, you can get to my my uh, web, my firm bio there. Um, lots of information about me there. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, um, Aaron Kaplan. Um, and uh, you can um, just... Uh, just keep keep an eye out. Hopefully there'll be there'll be more of these opportunities. But please do, you know, go to find me on on LinkedIn or reach out. Um, I can always uh, always always happy to 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 talk and um and uh, thanks again for for having me, Terry. It's it's been a great conversation. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh glad you're on. Um again, ladies and gentlemen, uh this is better business, better life, building on your success. And I'm Terry DuPont, your host, and, and come back and, and, and join us next week uh, for the next episode. And as it relates to estate planning and a lot of other things, remember, it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Take care and see you again next week. This has been the Better Business, Better Life, Building on Your Success podcast. If you have questions about creating tax-free wealth and income, forward-looking tax mitigation, strategic risk mitigation, wealth preservation and legacy planning, and advanced financial management, go to DuponAdvisory.com or email Terry at DuponAdvisory.com. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.